In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. Amen. Lord Jesus, we believe that you are really, truly, substantially present here with us tonight. Body, blood, soul, and divinity. Jesus, we believe. Please increase our faith. Help our unbelief. Jesus, we believe that you love us. Jesus, we believe that you have called us here tonight to show us your heart and to increase our faith in your love for us and in your power to heal and to save, to redeem, to set us free. Jesus, we believe that you have a future full of hope in store for each and every one of us. Jesus, we believe that you are good and that you do have good plans for us here tonight and for the future. Mother Mary, we crown you the queen of our time together here as we pray together. Hail Mary, full of grace, Lord is with thee. Blessed art thou among women, and blessed is the fruit of thy womb, Jesus. Holy Mary, Mother of God, pray for us sinners, now and at the hour of our death. Amen. In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. Amen. So I want to focus on faith tonight. And I thought I would read what is arguably the most popular gospel passage in the world from John chapter 3, verses 16 and following. For God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten Son, that whoever believes in him should not perish, but have eternal life. For God sent the Son into the world not to condemn the world, but that the world might be saved through him. Verse 18. He who believes in him is not condemned. He who does not believe is condemned already because he has not believed in the name of the only begotten Son of God. So faith is so foundational to our relationship with God. It's one of the theological virtues, faith, hope, and love. So we need those virtues, we need those graces, we need those gifts in order to relate to God. As sons and daughters, as friends of Jesus I was looking up faith in the catechism today. Let's see what the catechism of the Catholic Church has to say about faith. This is number 176. Faith is a personal adherence of the whole man to God who reveals himself. It involves an assent of the intellect and will to the self-revelation God has made through his deeds 
and words. So you've heard me say it up here before. But faith is our proper response to God's revelation. Christianity is a religion of revelation, meaning that God has revealed himself. I was talking about that on Sunday up here, Holy Trinity Sunday. We can't arrive to some kind of belief in the Trinity just using human reason. We can't reasonably arrive at that conclusion that there is a trinity of persons in one God. We can't do that. We, it takes faith. It takes faith. So it's a gift. God has revealed that to us, and we assent to it with our intellect and our will. And the more we do that, the more we unlock, if you will, God's grace. He'll affirm that. And I hope that's what you will all experience here tonight, because in a little bit, I'll lead us through some activations, I call them, where I will invite you to pray with me. And we're just going to keep making acts of faith, one act of faith after another. And just pay attention to what happens as you do that. God is going to affirm it for you. You're going to feel things in your body. You're going to start hearing things. God's going to be speaking to you. Thoughts will come to you. Images will come to your imagination. You might start to shake or feel warm. Goosebumps, whatever. He's going to affirm it through his power. As we just read there in the Catechism... This self-revelation that God has made, how? Through his deeds, through his power and words. Jesus went about performing miracles all throughout his public ministry to confirm the message that he was preaching. So you could say that proclamation plus demonstration of power, so proclamation of the message plus demonstration of his divine power, led to faith. That led to faith. Number 177. To believe has thus a twofold reference to the person of Jesus and to God and to the truth, to the truth by trust in the person who bears witness to it. As Pope Benedict would like to say, truth is not something, it is Someone, And Jesus himself said, I am the truth. I am the way, the truth, and the life. Let's, believe, let's make an act of faith in that right now. Repeat after me. Jesus, I believe, Jesus, I believe that you are the way, the, way the, truth, the truth, and the life. That's a great thing to believe in every day. <laughs> To make that proclamation of faith every day. Faith is a supernatural gift from God, number 179. In order to believe, man needs the interior helps of the Holy Spirit. Again, it's a gift. And the more we exercise that gift, it grows, just like a muscle. Just like any virtue, any good habit, the more you practice it, the stronger it gets. 
Same thing with faith. The more you exercise your faith, the more acts of faith you make, your faith grows. Pretty simple, right? And it's so fundamental, I think it's easy to overlook sometimes. But that's why I wanted to preach about it tonight. The Holy Spirit has really been insisting in this act of faith. So we have to believe in God. We have to believe in his word. And yes, he wants us to believe in ourselves as well. That's one of the things I was preaching about on Sunday. To believe that he actually is calling you. That he's calling you to be his friend. That he's calling you to follow him, to be his disciple. That he has given you his power and authority. That you have been anointed with the same anointing that he received. You've received the same Holy Spirit. Let's make an act of faith in that. Jesus, I believe that you have anointed me with the same Holy Spirit with which you were anointed. Therefore, I believe that I share in your power and authority. Amen. And finally, I'll read this number 184. Faith is a foretaste of the knowledge, and you could say experience. So it's a foretaste of the experience that will make us blessed in the life to come. Let's make an act of faith in that. Jesus, I believe that you have prepared a place for me in the Father's house. Jesus, I believe that you want to save me. Jesus, I believe that you want to heal me. Jesus, I believe that you can heal me. I'm going to read from Paul's letter to the Romans, chapter 15, verses 13 and following. May the God of hope fill you with all joy and peace in believing so that by the power of the Holy Spirit, you may abound in hope. Amen. That's a great little prayer. Paul goes on, I myself am satisfied about you, my brethren, that you yourselves are full of goodness, filled with all knowledge, and able to instruct one another. But on some points I have written to you very boldly by way of reminder because of the grace given me by God to be a minister of Christ Jesus to the Gentiles in the priestly service of the gospel of God so that the offspring of the Gentiles may be acceptable, sanctified by the Holy Spirit. In Christ Jesus, then, I have reason to be proud of my work for God. 
For I will not venture to speak of anything except what Christ has wrought through me to win obedience, obedience of faith from the Gentiles by word and deed, by the power of signs and wonders, by the power of the Holy Spirit, so that from Jerusalem and as far round as uh, Illyricum, I have fully preached the gospel of Christ, thus making it my ambition to preach the gospel, not where Christ has already been named, lest I build on another man's foundation, etc. So Paul highlights that he is preaching by word and deed, by the power of signs and wonders, by the power of the Holy Spirit, so that people may come to believe. Bless you. And finally, just to drive home the point, this is from Paul's letter, first letter of St. Paul to the Corinthians, chapter 4. Let's start with verse 14 here. I do not write this to make you ashamed, but to admonish you as my beloved children. For though you have countless guides in Christ, you do not have many fathers. For I became your father in Christ Jesus through the gospel. I urge you then, be imitators of me. Therefore, I sent to you Timothy, my beloved and faithful child in the Lord, to remind you of my ways in Christ, as I teach them everywhere in every church. Some are arrogant, as though I were not coming to you. But I will come to you soon, if the Lord wills, and I will find out not the talk of these arrogant people, but their power. For the kingdom of God does not consist in talk, but in power. The kingdom of God does not consist in talk, but in power. Elsewhere, he would say, Paul, that I didn't come to you with fancy words and persuasion, but in power, in power. So one of the reasons why I like to gather here like this every month is because it's an opportunity to experience that power, the power of the Holy Spirit who communicates God's presence, which is powerful because he is all-powerful, but it's a loving presence. It's a gentle, tender, affirming presence. So if that's what you need, that's what God is going to give you. And don't be afraid to ask for that. Lord, I just really need to be comforted tonight. I just need you to hold me. Hold me close to your heart. Comfort me. I've had a rough day, and I just want to lay my burdens down at your feet. I don't want to carry these burdens. You might just imagine taking off you know, a purse or a backpack or whatever it might be, but just imagine taking that burden off of your shoulder are off of your shoulders tonight and just laying it down.
So oftentimes we carry things that the Lord really isn't asking us to carry. We worry about things that are out of our control. And that can really pile up and that can weigh us down. And so just remove that from your shoulders, take that off of your back and just lay it down tonight at the feet of Jesus. So let's make some acts of faith. And as I said, I believe that Jesus will affirm you in these acts of faith. So in other words, it will feel true to you. Maybe not right away. Maybe not here tonight. But as you continue to make these acts of faith, which I encourage you to do every day in your prayer, the Holy Spirit will come in and he will keep affirming them. Because you're giving space for God to work. Whenever we come to the Lord in a spirit of faith, and when we make acts of faith, it's like we're opening up the doors of our hearts and our minds and our bodies. Come on in, Lord. I believe. I believe that you are God. I believe that you are good. I believe that you want to give me your, your mind, your knowledge and wisdom and understanding and counsel, your fortitude, piety, and awe and wonder. These are all the gifts of the Holy Spirit that we've all received already at confirmation on top of faith, hope, and love. And again, all of these gifts help us to relate to the Lord and to grow in friendship with him. But we can always grow in that friendship. We can grow in intimacy with God. How about that? You can grow in intimacy with God. Let's make an act of faith in that. Jesus, I believe that I can grow in intimacy with you. As I make acts of faith and hope and love in you. Amen. Perhaps that's something that some of you haven't really considered. Intimacy with God. Friendship with God. You might have this image of holiness that seems so out of reach, so far-fetched, so uncommon. But I think the Lord wants to assure all of us here tonight that we're all called to be saints in a unique way because you're all unique. So God wants you to be a saint in a unique way. All saints have some things in common, like a great faith life, prayer life, spirit of faith and hope and love. But the the path, if you will, the path to holiness, the path that each and every one of us walks is absolutely unique. And you're never disqualified. It's never too late. It's never too early. (laughs) As we pray on Easter Sunday, this is the day the Lord has made. Let us rejoice and be glad. So here we are. 
Let's make an act of faith. Jesus, I believe that you are calling me to be a saint in my own unique way. Jesus, I believe that you want to help me grow closer to you and become all that you created me to be. So I mentioned healing earlier. Last month, I got some some great feedback. I made the mistake of asking if anybody was in pretty serious pain, like a seven or above on a scale of one to 10. So this one person didn't raise their hand because it was about a four, but they had a toothache. But after praying for healing, they woke up the next morning, no pain, zero. So they didn't have to go to the dentist, which they had planned to do. (laughs) So I got that good report back. And another gentleman talked to me about some healing in his, uh, in his side, his muscles, and so on. So no matter what level of pain you might be in, physical pain tonight, you can ask for healing. Just make an act of faith. We can do it right now together. Let's pray. Jesus, I believe, Jesus, I believe. that you can heal me. From the physical pain in my body. Jesus, I believe that you can heal any sickness or disease that I might have. So that might be the case. So whatever it is, you can ask God to heal that. All throughout the Gospels, it was people's faith that unlocked Jesus' power, if you will, to heal. Of course, it was also his heart, his compassionate heart. He was deeply moved when he saw people's suffering. So that's, that's an important thing to realize, that God is not the author of your suffering. God is not the author of your pain. Sometimes you hear people say, well, I guess that's God's will. I guess that's my cross. I guess God is allowing this to happen. But people, when they say that, I often think they they mean that somehow he's the author of it. But he's not. He's not. Jesus came to heal us and to save us. To deliver us. And the greatest thing that he came to save us from is sin. Because sin is what separates us from God. So maybe you need healing for sin. If that's the case, ask God for forgiveness tonight. Don't be afraid to ask for forgiveness. Maybe there's some sin you've been afraid to ask God to forgive. Well, tonight's the night. God, forgive me. 
I like to say there's only one sin that God can't forgive. It's the one you're not sorry for. Doesn't matter how big or how small it is. If you're not sorry for it, if you're not asking God to forgive it, well, you can't forgive it then, right? So Jesus invites us to trust in his mercy and his desire to forgive and heal, to reconcile us with the Father. To show us the Father's love and compassion. So, I think with that, we will wrap up.